first little girl ever existed, there have been dolls. But the dolls were always and forever baby dolls. The girls who played with them could only ever play at being mothers, which can be fun, at least for a while anyway. Ask your mother. This continued until... changed everything. Then she changed it all again. All of these women are Barbie and Barbie is all of these women. She might have started out as just a lady in a bathing suit but she became so much more. She has her own money, her own house, her own car, her own career. Because Barbie can be anything, women can be anything. And this has been reflected back onto the little girls of today in the real world. Girls can grow into women who can achieve everything and anything they set their mind to. Thanks to Barbie, all problems of feminism and equal rights have been solved. At least, that's what the Barbies think. After all, they're living in Barbie land. Who am I to burst their bubble? And here is one of those Barbies now, living her best day every day. Distract them by appearing helpless and confused. Ken's cannot resist a damsel in distress. You have to make them believe that you're complacent, that they have the power. And when their guard is down, you take the power back. The influence that Porsche 356 has had on the motoring world as a whole, it can't be overstated. Ugh, Photoshop is so hard. I just don't understand how to use the select tool. Honey, you can only use the select tool if the glare is highlighted. Let me show you. My tiny head is just swimming with technical jargon like color bands and magnetic lassos and bitmap. Do you oh, think that yes. you oh, your arms? What's happening? Alan, go around! Ah. I oh, but what about this? No, 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 no. Oh, but I love Come on, Alan. Hey, what's gonna happen to Ken? Just listen. 
You have to be their mommies, but not remind them of their mommy. Any power you have must be masked under a giggle. What happened? One minute I was president, and then the next I was cutting a Ken's steak for him. Welcome back, Madam President. Then we'll recruit the now unbrainwashed Barbies to our cause. They can be the new decoys. You can tell them that you've never seen The Godfather and that you'd love them to explain it to you. Ooh, are you guys watching The Godfather? The Godfather. I've never seen it. Oh my God, you've never seen The Godfather? This movie is a rich blend of Coppola's aesthetic genius and a triumph of Robert Evans and the architecture of the 70s studio system. Can you start the movie over and just talk through the whole thing? You have to find a way to reject men's advances without damaging their egos. Because if you say yes to them, you're a tramp. But if you say no to them, you're a prude. <laughs> I don't want to touch a foot. No, you don't. Another one? Be confused about money. I just have all my money in a savings account. That's totally wrong. You need treasury bonds, corporate bonds, CDs. No one has CDs anymore. Oh, sweetheart, you are so cute when you're confused. But no, not music. CD stands for Certificate of Deposit. Stephen Malcolm really harnessed the acerbic toxin of Lou Reed, who most punk influences such as fire and soul. What am I wearing? I would never choose this. Because you're a physicist. Do you want some pants? Yeah. Welcome back, Barbie. Gee, I am so awkward and don't feel pretty at all. And will anyone ever like me? Or distract them with the old standby. Wearing glasses so that they can discover that you're pretty. Yeah. Sure, go ahead. There. Now we can see your beautiful face. And then there's pretending to be terrible at every sport ever. Here, let me show you. 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 Here, let us show you. We do this until every single Barbie is deprogrammed and ready to take back Barbie land. To be honest, when I found out the patriarchy wasn't about horses, I lost interest anyway. That's okay. I always thought this would be our house. Oh. <laughs> Ken, <laughs> I think I owe you an apology. Huh? I'm really sorry I took you for granted. Oh. Not every night had to be girls' night. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Oh, I didn't mean to suggest, uh... I just don't know who I am without you. You're Ken. But it's Barbie and Ken. There is no just Ken. That's why I was created. I only exist within the warmth of your gaze. Without it, I'm just another blonde guy who can't do flips. Maybe. It's time for you to discover who Ken is. Okay, I think I get it. Okay. No, 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 no. This isn't the answer. 
I feel so stupid. No, no. I look so stupid. I look so stupid. You look so cool. Okay, Ken, you have to figure out who you are without me. Why? You're not your girlfriend. You're not your house. You're not your mink. Beach? Nope, you're not even beach. Maybe all the things that you thought made you you aren't really you. Maybe it's Barbie and it's Ken. Ken is me? Yes. Ken is me. And I'm Barbie. Ken is me. Ken is me. Ken is me. Ken is me. Yeah. I don't even care about being Ken anymore. I just miss my friend Barbie. That's cool. Barbie. Ken. I want you to have it. It's oh, nice. We were only fighting because we didn't know who we were. Ken! Okay. Well, <laughs> before we get yeah, started, yeah, yeah, Burning Bright has a, uh, a word from our friends at Gold Co. All right. Are you concerned with the $6 trillion at stake in the upcoming 2024 election? Wall Street Journal has reported a critical issue, the looming decision on extending tax cuts scheduled to expire after 2025. Republicans advocate for extending Trump's tax cuts while the Democrats lean toward letting them expire and increasing taxes on top earners and corporations, potentially creating a, a massive $6 trillion gap. But fear not, there's a way to protect yourself from this impending threat. Join the thousands of hardworking Americans who are taking proactive steps to safeguard their savings. Visit BadlandsGold.com to claim your free 2024 gold and silver kit and fortify everything you've worked for. You may even qualify for up to 10% back in bonus silver, but hurry, supplies are limited. Don't leave your financial future to chance. Act now to diversify and shield your savings against the uncertainties ahead. Get your free 2024 gold and silver kit today at BadlandsGold.com and take control of your financial destiny. And that, Ooh. folks, is how we mansplain, just like they tried to do in Barbie. It did say the women in the audience probably didn't understand this movie. So Chris and I are here to mansplain it so that everybody will understand how to commentate on the Barbie movie properly. That's okay. my goal here. Okay. So we can definitely obviously get into that. But before we do, <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, good evening. Welcome to Badlands Story Hour. I'm Chris Paul. That's Burning Bright. And uh, tonight we are going to be discussing a uh, human rights atrocity <laughs> known as the Barbie movie directed by uh, Greta Gerwig and starring uh, Ryan Gosling. And you then put also him first? Margot Robbie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, That's yeah. How, how toxically male of you. I'm trying to do everything I can to be 
uh, to finally get canceled again. It's been <laughs> nearly four years. I have said absolutely everything I can imagine in order to get myself canceled and nothing has worked. So I'm hoping that maybe tonight will be the night. Yeah, there is a, there is a, why you chose this movie. Yeah, I chose it because uh, I, I will admit that my rewatch of it, and yes, I did say that sentence. My rewatch of the Barbie movie was um, a little different than I expected. When I first saw this movie, I was strangely entertained and amused by the attempt of a fourth wave feminist to justify her philosophy. But um, I, I was most amused by Ryan Gosling's performance as Ken, but more so besides the performance, it was Greta Gerwig, you know, putting this script together and portraying Ken in this way, in, in a way that she thought was going to be a big takedown of toxic mas masculinity. And I had said last week when I chose this movie, um, what kind of put it on my radar, besides that obviously it was a big movie last year, was the most prevalent memes to come out of it in the normie sphere were all about Ken. It was hashtag Kenergy. There was a lot of laser eyes Ken memes. Uh, a lot of Zoomers really embraced Ken. Um, and there's a couple versions of Ken in this movie, but that piqued my interest that it was pissing off Greta Gerwig, Margot Robbie, and the writers and everybody who was pushing this movie that they thought the men were just missing the point of what they were trying to do with this. So I wanted to see what the point was. But on the rewatch, I will admit, more of the existential dread sort of settled over me. Um, they definitely hit you right off the bat with it in this, which we'll get mm -hmm. to. Uh, but we know one more point on that. If I wanna, if I want to try to tie a white pill onto this before we even get into it, <laughs> this this movie represents what the Marxist Hollywood regime that is in control right now believes are their most talented, intelligent. Uh, powerful women, writers, creators, talent. And they think this was basically the greatest treaties on modern feminism and masculinity that's ever been created. A total game changer. And I guess the white pill is that if that is their best that we're trying to operate against societally, then I feel pretty good about our chances of making all of society far less subversive and horrible than this movie would have us believe. Then again, it made a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course it made a lot of money. It's IP, it's the brand. they put big talent in there. They promoted it more than any movie could possibly be promoted. It yeah. nailed, um, man, I remember going to see Oppenheimer and that opened on the same day as Barbie and outside the theater, or across the way from the theater, there was a little bar that we ducked into and had a drink while waiting for showtime. And in that bar was a group of about 30, 30 year old women um, of all, uh, of all political stripes. Variety. Yes. From, uh, from enormous blue haired member of Antifa to skinny trying to make herself look like a dork member of antifa all dressed in uh pink outfits ready to get their barbie on for instagram and as you often find with uh 
you know, when 10 to 30, 30 year old members of Antifa get together, they spend a half an hour or more taking Instagram photos of one another. And of course mm -hmm. themselves that I, if I'm not mistaken, they were on roller skates. The entire thing was, uh, an absolute travesty. And I'm uh, ashamed that uh, those people are also humans. Um, <laughs> it, uh, I think that this movie is um, an abomination and I want to maybe I, I want to put my, my, my thesis for this out front. I looked at this and tried to discern what two narrative sides were here, right? Like, what is the thesis? What is the antithesis? And it seems to me that the thesis is um, there is a patriarchy. It is bad. And if uh, there was a matriarchy, it would be good. Right. And um, the antithesis of that is what is presented to us as the real world. There is a patriarchy and it is good. And it is actually, and women want to be part of it too. That's how good it is. And so then we just have a battle about the, uh, the worthiness of the patriarchy, always constantly under the assumption that patriarchy matriarchy is, um, our two ends of some, uh, sliding scale and that everything is decided on where, where exactly a society is. I think that that is a controlled opposition dynamic, I would reject the entire thing. I don't believe that um, there is a patriarchy. If anything, we are far closer to a matriarchy than they would like to um, admit. And to say one final thing, I think it is absolutely deranged that the entire goal of this movie is to be able to seize control of the government, the Constitution, and most specifically the Supreme Court. So that's my take. There's almost too many levels of subversion in this movie to to commentate on. We'll try to hit a lot of them. But to but the way you just set that up, you know, that that's sort of a, the false framing there, the false duality. I know Patrick Gunnels talks a lot about that kind of stuff. Um, it I totally agree with it. I, I'd said before the show, there's one tiny scene where they almost they almost come in and admit that we're actually living in more of a matriarchy, at least in terms of the, the cultural, socio-political zeitgeist, when Ken is in the real world. Uh, strangely, the, the way that Greta Gerwig chose to portray the real world in this, it I think it really just undermined all of her own messaging. You know, if, if they really wanted, if, if a man were to make a fourth wave feminist movie and do it correctly, what I would have done here is I would have made the real world a lot more believable and the the patriarchal sexism and chauvinism of men a lot more subtle because then it would be, be believable, right? You could be like, oh yeah, the real world is really cold and corporate. There's women here too, but the men kind of seem to be subtly in control of things. But instead, the way that fourth wave feminists actually see the, the real world is a cartoon version that is portrayed in this movie that is more zany and crazy with Will Ferrell, of course, cast cast for good, good reason, for her intent there, than the Barbie world is, right? And it's like, they knew what they were doing there. They knew production-wise that what they were doing. Obviously, they weren't trying to make the real world look realistic, but it completely undermines their entire message because the message seems to be 
the patriarchy is so entrenched and it is so horrible that to women who are just existing in this patriarchal landscape, it seems like being in this fever dream of falseness. You know, you always refer to a false reality. And the entire point of the movie is completely lost if you just, as we often say in many different topics in the info war and the culture war, if you simply reject the enemy framing from the outset of the movie, which is that we live in a patriarchal dominated society, um, especially culturally, then everything else loses its bite. And that that's just about the first problem that the movie has. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can name problems like that throughout this entire show. Um, but let's, you know, try to give a few minutes to each one of these as we go yeah. along. Um, because, you know, a lot of them incorporate the others, you know, it's, it's immediately worth noticing that their happy place is a false reality. They want to go into that false reality and then make the real world that same way. The funny thing is when they come back into the real world there at the end, the real world actually is the way that they have uh, reflects the way they've dominated men in the false reality in terms of America Ferreira's, uh, I don't know what her character's called, but she and her, she and her daughter, the, her husband, the daughter's father um, is just a complete beta male cuck who exists yep. for um, comic relief based on the much smarter, far superior women in his life, including his little daughter who yeah. looks like she is significantly disturbed until she enters the false reality with her mom. You know, you talked about the hypocrisies of this stuff. That is the problem with examining closely really, really terrible ideas and trying to um, present arguments for and against them while ultimately coming out in favor of them and then trying to jump through the additional hoop of attempting to be cute and funny about it so yeah. that it doesn't actually just look like you are pushing a supremacist movie, which is exactly what they are in fact doing. Um, all of that I stuff was absolutely deranged. I'll pause so you can. Yeah, I wanted to, um, uh, you, you set me up there uh, before. I'm interested to hear some Nazi stuff that you wanted to oh, talk cool. about tonight. Um, but the intro of the movie, you know, when you talk about that, they're, they're trying to put this sort of this veneer, I mean, obviously this plastic, colorful veneer of um, of of comedy over their political commentary, but it reads to people who understand the subversive element, the true subversive, you know, dropping all joking, all joking aside about this movie and how funny I found it the first time because of how retarded I found it to be. <laughs> it's disturbing. It's a disturbing movie and you can watch this as a horror movie if you are thinking about it through the framing of the people who made it because of how it is presented because it's you know the most dangerous type of people are people who i call them like the true believers i'm sure there's a million different terms people have used throughout history to describe them but they they're not just the people who are trying to get ahead and, and playing to the rules of the system. You know, you, you often talk about the party of false decorum. And a lot of times in that sort of a framework, whether it's in Hollywood, the business world, war, whatever it is, there's this kind of understanding that a game is being played and that that's where the, uh, the immorality comes in. But these people are willingly engaging in this immoral game. 
But then the scary part is when you have cultural subversion, you get you get members of the party of false decorum who are true believers in the ideology they're forwarding and the hatred of men just leaks out of every scene even the scenes where they are trying you, you it feels like they're trying to go back and forth and maybe poke a little fun at themselves at times they're incapable of doing that and it reminded me of the left can't meme memes right this whole movie is like a walking version of the left can't meme feminists can't criticize themselves even though the people who criticize modern women the most are feminists right and a lot of people in chat are bringing up the most disturbing aspect of this movie that's hard to shake and settles over you like a shroud right at the beginning is that three minute intro we played where you've got little girls you've got this scene 2001 inspired scene of girls smashing baby dolls mm -hmm. a complete teardown of the idea of motherhood innocence yep. nurturing uh selflessness i had written down solipsism which philosophically is the idea that only the thought that only i exist the philosophy of living your life as if you are the only thing that exists and i kept looking for like a turn in that scene of like all right they're not gonna just endorse this and it is a full-throated endorsement of anti-reproduction anti-mom anti-selflessness and just pure nihilistic solipsism uh satanism basically at the start of the movie and then they just do a much more colorful version of that for the rest of it yeah i absolutely agree with that um that beginning scene was immediately jarring and of course she's probably very proud of its yeah. jarring nature um that is sick that is deranged it might well be accurate cultural commentary and so I gave her at least the benefit of the doubt for getting through that scene. I thought, is she being sarcastic? Is she That's actually just spotlighting um, this as a consequence of the Barbie obsession that these uh, that these little girls are smashing their baby dolls? They don't want to nurture their baby doll anymore. Now instead, instead they want to be um, this this beautiful like woman, a fully grown, fully sexualized woman with an hourglass figure. This is like what is meant to be in the minds of girls who like aren't even school age yet. That's what they're supposed to be looking at. The Barbie is presented there as like the monolith, obviously in, in 2001. Um, there's something strangely dark and demonic about the character and the background, even yeah. in the monolith scene in, in 2001, um, it was just on a beach. If I'm, if memory serves, this was like in a dystopian wasteland, right? Yeah. That was like from a time before history, this looks like a time past the end of history. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's, it's hard to call it violent cause it's, you know, inanimate objects that are being smashed, but it is violent. The imagery is jarring. It is a baby's yeah. head smashing into another baby's head while a uh, psychotic looking, essentially baby looks on while doing it. Um, You know, and again, I'm not like some cultural prude, right? Like, what was it? A Sin nombre was last week. We've shown eyes wide shut. It's not about whether or not this is 
uh, you know, difficult content or I'm, or I want to disallow an artistic choice. It's not that this is actually sick. And it's saying to these, uh, to all women everywhere that Barbie takes no responsibility for any of this. That was yep. ultimately the message of this movie. They present Barbie in every single possible way and they give every possible theory of Barbie. Does it demean and sexualize and stereotype women? Yes. But also we sell outfits that make you seem like a businesswoman. Well, is being a businesswoman also potentially demeaning to women? Well, yes, when it's thrust upon women as part of a communist cultural agenda meant to entirely invert everything about society. So I'll stop. We'll come back to this. I'm no, sure. it's there's too. Like I said, there's too much. There's almost too much. I had copied a few of the things Ash was saying in chat because they're they're definitely spot on. But even in that intro scene, it sets up a dynamic that I thought was going to be the core driver of Greta Gerwig, the creator's uh, intent, the creative intent with this movie. And I wouldn't have agreed with it, but I, I just thought the whole movie was going to play out this way. So when you've got Barbie as this monolith that these young girls are looking at, I originally, I'm glad you said that because it made me feel like I wasn't crazy. When I first saw this, I thought, I thought for sure I was watching a sarcastic casting of how society tried to then program little girls away from motherhood, which is true, I, I would say is largely true, but then the movie completely endorses that entire view. Like you said, it's not Barbie's fault, but there's a few times, like that intro scene, Barbie's the monolith, it does look demonic, it looks satanic. I thought Gerwig was doing that on purpose and okay. saying the Barbie, the Barbie monolith it created the ideal, the idealized pop culture version of a woman that little girls have never been able to live up to. I think that there's some fairness to that. I think that there's some worth to that kind of commentary, the sexualization of it, right? And I'd be interested in a modern woman's take on the over-sexualization of young women today and all that kind of stuff. And you could say maybe this started with Barbie or something like that. There's a couple little moves throughout the movie, especially from the daughter of America Ferrera there, where she basically tries to put assign blame to Barbie, especially when Barbie comes to the real world as Margot Robbie. And she says, you know, you're you're impossible. Like, look at you. The, no, none of us can live up to this, which every time they do that in this movie, it's also silly because it's like, that's a real person, right? This impossible figure and this impossible person and this impossible Barbie exists. There's a bunch of people like them. And there's this constant tug of war, this, this cognitive dissonance that the movie has the nerve to try to comment on at a few points by using cognitive dissonance and saying that the Kens have it or that the women who have fallen prey to the Ken Surrection, that they have cognitive dissonance, when the hilarious thing about the movie is that, or, or dark thing about the movie, is that Greta Gerwig seems to hate what Barbie represents while loving what Barbie represents. And to me, it totally represents the Ouroboros pattern of modern feminism. Modern feminism is basically under the guise of building women up into reaching their full potential, it wants to tear all of them down. And the, the scene that really encapsulates this is when America Ferreira's normie character goes on like a five minute monologue about how 
just being an ordinary woman is what you should strive to be, which is the most defeatist victimhood mentality ever. And that's what they're that's what they're portraying to women. Never mind what they get into about family and men and society at large. Yeah. And let's definitely get into some of this, too, or some of that, too. But in speaking about Barbie as the toy and the effects first, let me say this. I caught a comment in the chat from uh, Marmy B who said, Barbie did really replace our baby dolls when I was young. Once Barbie appeared, it wasn't socially acceptable to keep playing make-believe mommy with your baby dolls. And instead you had to play house and you had to play marriage and you had to play sex as a lot of little girls end up doing because that's what those dolls are. So let's right. take a look at what these dolls are because they actually featured a, um, uh, I can't remember her name, Rhea Butler or something like Rhea Perlman um, as Ruth Handler who is the woman credited with creating Barbie. She is the woman who started Mattel. She started Barbie. It was a female created brand for women by women. Oh, it's worth billions of dollars. What did this woman do? Well, she ripped it off from Nazis. You think I'm crazy? I'm not crazy. I've made this <laughs> argument to people before. I looked this up like two years ago and then forgot about it because Whenever there is anything that is massively culturally significant within the regime's construct, something that they have either created directly themselves or co-opted, it has to serve a role in the overall Prussian program. And if you go through Prussiagate, if you really look at that as a lens through which to perceive the rest of reality, past, present, uh, and future, then you start being able to think in those terms, much like people do, uh, much like we do, including devolution, a lot of the work we do here on Badlands, much like Q followers do with Q stuff. Everybody has lenses through which they look at these um, different circumstances. Prussiagate is one of those for me. When you understand that something major in the regime's kind of uh, public facing picture when you understand that that had to be part of a program, so they've either created it themselves or acquired it so that they can exploit it, it makes sense then to look at who's behind these things. Look at where they came from. Look at what system they were raised under. Look at who they coordinated with to grow their projects and, and achieve the prominence they achieved. So I go deep into these things and I pursue that method. So you look at Ruth Handler. Let me pull, I'm going to pull some of this up, right? Ruth Handler is the founder. She married a man. Um, this is Wikipedia. She married a man named um, Elliot Handler. Okay. They uh, started Mattel. The Handlers were forced to, to uh, resign from Mattel after SEC, the SEC investigated the company for falsifying financial documents. Okay. Here is early life. They spun that as tax evasion in the movie, life. which is a softer form of uh, what they're saying here. Exactly. funny. Yep. Um, yeah. Cause you always got to take it uh, the, the softest possible approach. Right. So she had a job with Paramount studios before um, any of this ever happened. We're talking about 1932 here. That is uh, 24 years before she even got the idea for Barbie. Now, she got the idea from Barbie by coming across a doll while in Switzerland called the Build Lily. And yes, her children, their 
reportedly named Barbara and Kenneth. And those are the uh, the Barbie and Ken. So let's go. Creepy. Right. <laughs> but um, so stop screen. Yes. Let me let me actually do this correctly. Um, so the build Lily doll. OK. A West German line of fashion doll launched by Griner and Hauser. Okay, 1955, produced till 1964. Mattel acquired the rights. Ruth Handler saw this doll, wanted to make a similar doll in the United States, did so, then had a legal issue, and then finally acquired it. Um, the Build Lily doll uh, was, so a German brochure from the 50 states that Lily was, quote unquote, always discreet, and that her wardrobe made her, quote unquote, the star of every bar. And this goes on and on. She is kind of a uh, sexualized toy that eventually became a children's toy. Ruth Handler decided to bring this to the United States of America and make billions and billions of dollars by um, sexualizing girls at a young age with an, an object that they pressured their parents into buying them because they were the children were marketed to not only by marketing forces, but also by their friends. You don't have a Barbie, as Marmy B just said. It was no longer cool to be a mommy to baby dolls. Now you are uh, the, the motivating force that breathes life into this totally sexualized, blonde-haired, blue-eyed uh, doll of German descent. And not only German descent, <laughs> actual Nazi descent. So <laughs> nice. the uh, the Bill Lilly doll was designed by a man named Max Weisbrot at this company, O&M Hauser, which is now uh, Elastolin or Elastolin. It's probably, it's probably said that way. So they this company was famous for um, for designing toy soldiers. And of course, this is in uh, Germany. The firm was founded in 1904. So around the time that the whole World War II thing was happening, they were designing the, the Nazi version of G.I. Joe's. They were designing Nazi G.I. Joe's, the company that created Bill Lilly that Ruth Handler supposedly created Barbie based on was creating Nazi toys for German kids. Not joking. Here it is, all of it. Let's go down to personality figures. Okay. Hold on. Let me uh let me grow this for the uh the people watching. The personality do it. Is that center? Okay, that's close enough. The personality figures include Hitler, von Hindenburg, Ludendorff, Goring, Hess, Goebbels, von Schirach, whatever that word is. <laughs> oh they goodness. also had figures of Mussolini, Mussolini and one of Franco, <laughs> a personality figure of SA that is a uh, Sturmabteilung. Uh, by the way, I hope I said that correctly. Actually, I don't care. Um, <laughs> leader Ernst Rom was dropped from the line after he was executed <laughs> during the so-called night of the long knives. So they had to stop making a toy because one of the Nazis had to be executed during the run of the toy. So <laughs> all of this, this movie would have been a lot more fascinating if they uh, took that approach. 
<laughs> All of this is part of the um, the Barbie origin story. Now, I'm sorry that took me uh, six whole minutes to explain. It's needed. It should have been in this movie. <laughs> I don't. I can see why they didn't put that in there. Let's go ahead and take a uh, a, a quick break. Um, <laughs> on on that happy note, here's Mike Lindell. <laughs> to celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our MyPillow bed sheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. All right. And guys, life is unpredictable. If we've learned anything these last four years, it's that. And while we can't possibly predict everything that might be thrown at us, we can prepare for it. Introducing two new emergency kits from the wellness company. The first aid emergency kit for everything from sports activities to camping trips. Compact and convenient, this kit contains critical prescription medications and supplies that everyone should have on hand. The travel emergency kit is specially designed for a life on the go. Compact, lightweight, and loaded with essentials for any adventure. Whether it's a road trip, a hike, or just the unpredictability of daily life, you'll be ready. Next Level Readiness is at your fingertips with emergency kits from the Wellness Company. Stay one step ahead to have peace of mind for the unpredictable. Visit badlandsmedia.tv TWC and use promo code BADLANDS for an exclusive 10% discount. That's badlandsmedia.tv TWC, promo code BADLANDS. And hey... So, yes, I just uh, did some dot connecting. Am I absolutely certain I am correct that uh, Barbie was spawned from Nazis? Um, I mean, I guess you can't say absolutely (laughs) certain for legal purposes. Ah! Yeah, Ah! right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, of course, obviously that's what it is. Yeah, she's a perfect blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl uh, created by Nazis to distort everyone's perceptions. This is a uh, 60-year-long psyop waged against uh, American women, and it is all being advertised to you as the next best possible thing to do in fourth-wave feminism. It's the same psyop. It's actually incredible. Going through that's pretty incredible. And I, you know, I was looking on, looking at the dates there um, of the creator, and then looking at that Barbie was introduced in 1959. Um, you know, when you go back to the Prussian stuff again, Chris and I have read the Prussiagate series. If anybody in our audience has not, Prussiagate.substack.com. It'll change. It'll give you a cipher, a foundational cipher through which to look at many, many things in our history. Uh, so highly recommend that. But, and also, and also, Patrick Gunnels has read these on Reading Epic Threads, the entire Prussiagate series, pretty much. 
And so if you search Prussiagate P. Gunnels on Rumble, you will find those. I find it is best to go through the Substack, search the exact title or keywords in that title, and you'll find Patrick's readings. They are excellent. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's incredible stuff. And when you're going through the history of Barbie, you know, this is where, uh, you know, I often refer to the deep state as the system of systems. And it's for a reason, because, you know, the deep state is this amorphous, it's this catch-all term, it's an umbrella term that we all use, and there's a reason we use it. It's easy, it's simple, it makes sense in certain contexts. But the system of systems approach is this idea of codifying and trying to define the pillars of the deep state. And how, you know, when you look at 1959 Barbie's release, right, that's a deployment. I like to use that word deployment because... It kind of conjures imagery of warfare. In kinetic warfare, you've got troop deployments, you've got tactical battle deployments, plans, all that kind of stuff, right? You've got strategies, you have political deployments, but you, what Chris just went through there with the Nazi origins of Barbie, there, there are absolutely cultural deployments, war deployments. There is a culture war, there is a mind war, there is an info war. They cross over. There's a financial war. All of these things obviously cross over. But what's both brilliant and scary about that Prussian subversive system is that when you take us through a history like that, you can see how far back it goes. You know, Barbie is introduced to the American masses in the late 50s, sort of in the post-World War II recovery era, the boom era, but which is perfect. It, it was perfect for those kids coming, coming right up out of the war you know, the baby boom, the baby boom kids. Um, but it shows you that the origins, the seeds of that culture war deployment were being planted in the actual war deployment that was dominating the decade previous to the culture war deployment. And if you trace history, you'll see that a lot of our history kind of runs in that sort of a pattern. It's sort of like, you know, there's always war going on. There's always a war somewhere. Um, but often you'll get these periods of large scale superpower on superpower, kinetic war, you know, really landscape altering wars that are going on fought in earnest for a decade or something like that. Then you're going to have this 10 to 20 year period, maybe even 30 of relative calm domestically, but it's not calm. It's where the deployments all become cultural. They all become subversive. And that's prepping you for the next kinetic war deployment, right? It's, it's this constant seesaw. And if you sort of reframe these things as deployments, how you ended there is, is what's fascinating for me to consider this movie and where I, I'm, I was trying to look at this movie on the rewatch through the lens of an enemy cultural combatant and trying to see, do I think they were effective in their culture war deployment? And I don't entirely think they were with this one. And the reason is, I think choosing Barbie to... The, the problem with this movie is it's a subversive communist work in and of itself, right? And it's subverting masculine, it's subverting feminine. Its main target is the patriarchy, as you laid out at the beginning of the show. The problem is, Gerwig seems to have some understanding that in order to forward this message against the patriarchy, she has to subvert the symbol that is Barbie, the idealized, sexualized symbol that is Barbie that modern feminists hate. So she's using a symbol of women that modern women, modern feminists that she's trying to court to her side, hate, 
while then trying to use that same symbol against men. And again, I use that term Ouroboros a lot in this episode, and the reason is that's exactly what's going on here. She's trying to build the Barbie symbol up while tearing it down, all while using that the patriarchy, her conception of the patriarchy, to reinforce all of those Barbie-centric views anyway. And you get this strange tension baked throughout the movie that I think is mostly verbalized through the America Ferrera character and her daughter, where they at once idolize Barbie while also hating her for the quote-unquote impossible standards that she set. And it completely derails the movie from the anti-Ken, anti-men messaging. And I think because of that distraction, they end up making Ken look like a super sympathetic figure. He's funny, that doesn't hurt. But basically, his motivations throughout this movie, if you're looking at it through a purely moral lens, makes sense all the way through. He initially reacts to basically being a slave to the Barbies. He has a Ken surrection. He, he brings the patriarchy to Barbie land. Then the Barbies subvert, using cultural subversion or communist subversion, they subvert the Kens by trying to turn them against each other. And even that doesn't work because the guys end up getting along anyway and joining together. So throughout the movie, Greta Gerwig is basically showing you that women are conniving. In her conception, women get power by lying and tricking men. And men are easily tricked, in her view, because they're better people than women. That's basically what the story arc of, of Ken is in this movie. He's just, he's super dumb, but he's just a way better person than every female in this movie. And that's how they ultimately try to destroy him. You're saying because he was sincere and, and exactly and like, and had good intention. Got you. Um, yeah. So, so there's a lot there. Um, I think that one of the, the most important things to establish is that there are not actually any real men in yeah. this movie. There are zero. Um, the uh, America Ferreira's husband certainly is not one. Will Ferrell, uh, the character of the CEO. And this is another way of just letting Mattel off the hook, letting Ruth Handler off the hook. All of the bad um, effects of Barbie, everything you could blame on Barbie it's actually the fault of these men. But the thing is, they weren't even evil men trying to subvert uh, America's women and girls with Barbie. They're just stupid men who want yeah. the money and they want they want to like make fart jokes and laugh. I mean, as if those are bad things. Um, <laughs> so there are no real men in this movie. Every other man is gay. The Allen character is they, they pretend he's straight for what reason? I'm not sure. Some of the guys that they, uh, you know, some of the Kens are clearly very gay. The whole thing is very gay. Yeah. Uh, the main Ken, the Ryan Gosling Ken, pulls himself out from uh, giving the Barbie mobile an oil change so that he can have a romantic moment of attraction with a dude. With a tranny, that, yeah, and yeah. I saw some people caught that. Not everybody did, but if you if your yeah. if your spidey senses were tingling, there is a transgender Harry Neff who plays mm -hmm. one of the Barbies in this movie, which again is a complete psychotic inversion of feminist propaganda. Where yeah. I think Ghost said something like this in the chat earlier. They're in the same movie that is presenting to you a guy with a dick and balls as a Barbie. As an ideal Barbie, 
also idealizes the idea of a woman going to a gynecologist at the end of this movie as this ultimate coming of feminine age moment and coming into her own power, right? So coming into your power as as a woman, according to, according to Greta Gerwig, is directly tied into having a vagina and being a biological woman in a movie that is glorifying the fact that, according to them, there's no such thing as a woman either. Yeah. Well, yes, that's a great point. And Barbie is everyone and simultaneously no one. You cannot attribute anything to the doll. You cannot attribute anything to the company. All we have to do is realize that women are the greatest things ever. They can be whatever they want. And no matter what, Barbie is just, it's it's got to be part of everything. Because it yeah. is part of everything. Therefore, it has to be. Um, you know, so there's... But getting back to it, there's no, um, there are no men in this movie. That was Ryan Gosling being a stereotypical man. There are, you know, they when they were doing the song and dance, other dudes were kissing him on the cheek. This was um, a broad Broadway stage play. Essentially, this is uh, yeah. a, a musical. And listen, man, this is not even a value judgment about gay or straight. This is about a portrayal of men. They are portraying men a certain way, an idealized version of them that inhabits their best characteristics in the false reality and all of their worst characteristics in every other scenario, including the one where they made the false reality more like the real reality. Yeah. The women, by the way, did not hate their lives. They were not being mistreated. They just weren't the centers of attention and being catered to all the time by every aspect of the entire world. You mentioned the daughter earlier. She went and became a Barbie in the false reality after being the person that told Barbie she wasn't the right thing. Right. In that scene at the end where uh, Barbie is explaining how, or Ken is actually explaining to Barbie how he was created as an outgrowth of Barbie. That is an inversion of the Adam and Eve story. Yeah. Giving uh, the, the rib, creating Eve out of the rib. Now, I'm not Lay's saying- Lay's been bitter about that ever since. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm not saying people <laughs> have to feel one way or another about that. There's probably people listening to this who uh, aren't Christian and the religion aspect is not the point. The point is that this is a subversive film that attempts to make the, the, the subversion total they are subverting the Adam and Eve story. And that also is the um, the ultimate ambition that these woke people, moronic term for it, but these woke people, uh, that is the ambition they have when they are attempting to undefine the words man and woman. They are attempting to remove the human origin story so that it can be replaced with the science. It's... It's incredible. It's the, like you said, it's, they're trying to subvert everything. But what I keep coming back to is they're subverting their own messaging at every turn. The daughter, the daughter character, like you said, is probably the clearest example of that, where she, you know, you, you think she's going on some kind of arc. There's no narrative arc there. It's just that the movie ha is, is suffering from its own cognitive dissonance, that it's holding contradictory views at the same time. She yeah. is seeing Barbie as this un impossible, um, goal, this anti-feminist sort of uh, figure and cipher that girls can't live up to, that it's done all this damage and the sexualization of women and all that kind of stuff. And then they go to Barbie land 
And she loves that there's this stereotypical hypersexualized portrayal of the Kens. And she starts to see that as an ideal version. She starts to look up to the barbification of everything, you know, and then uh, you'd think that the movie is guiding us back toward, oh, maybe, maybe we're going to get a strange inversion here at the end. And they're actually going to go the trad wife route and say, <laughs> they're going to be like, yeah, classic femininity is what we have to get back to and women being beautiful and women, you know, uh, women, women being more like a Barbie portrayal or something like that. P girls liking pink, all these kinds of things that used to just kind of be par for the course in our society. And that's not where they go at all. They then go all the way away from that and try to invert that. So it's a movie constantly at war with you, with itself. When you bring up the Kens too, it's absolutely true that the straightest versions of the Kens in this movie are the gayest version of a boy band you could possibly get. <laughs> yeah. I found it entertaining. I found the, you know, the, the most mimetic thing to come out of this movie, even in the normie sphere, was the um, I'm Just Ken song by Ryan Gosling, which is super gay. It's a Broadway sort of thing. But I was watching that through the lens of what is Gerwig trying to show us here? And again, what's so funny about that scene is it starts with a with a color revolution. The Barbies literally foment a color <laughs> revolution among the, the Kens in this movie. Ironically, they do so by preying upon what they, what the women who made this movie apparently perceive as men's worst characteristic is that they want to tell you things that you ask them to tell you, right? It's not even like they walk into a room and start mansplaining. They ask, all of the women are like, oh, just pretend you don't know what to do with your finances and a Ken will end up trying to help you. Just pretend you can't fix your car and a guy will help you. Just pretend you're interested in the movie and a guy will be excited that you want to share in that with him, right? And it's like, that's why I said at the beginning of the episode, their, their evil depiction of men is that guys just want to share their lives with women and be really helpful and protective and fix things and show you how to do things. And, you know, they, they put a condescending sort of flair on all of it. But even that, I think they undermine their own messaging because at the end of the Ken Surrection, the Ken Color Revolution, the Kens all just end up being friends again. And meanwhile, the Barbies have subverted them and they go and rewrite the Constitution to make them in charge again. So it's the, yeah. it's the classic case. And it's sort of, you know, this gets overused in the info war and the culture war, but we always say like the mask comes fully off. And this is a great example of it. This movie is a great example of it shows that if you're looking for narrative intent here, there is no attempt made despite allusions to the contrary of unification between the male and, and female in this movie. The Gerwig's attempt here is to completely subvert the world of men, like Mordor, and raise women up by tearing them down. There is no attempt at anything else being made here, and they just stop pretending that they are uh, as we get into the final act of the movie. Yeah, I mean, when the, when the, the film starts, Barbie Land is a... Uh, female supremacist society, right? Yeah. There's no other way to describe it. They go to the quote unquote real world that is supposedly a patriarchy, but it's not like the entire place is falling apart. The only time we saw something like that was the opening scene where little girls were smashing the heads of babies because they wanted to be, uh, the sexualized adult at age three deranged. Um, 
they wanted to return their society back to the state of uh, female supremacy. And so what they wanted to do was seize all the aspects of the government. This was the entire point of the, uh, of the film. Women have to be in control of everything in order to make up for what we are going to tell everybody is this historical patriarchy that has never been anything other than it is. Well, this is not a patriarchy. I don't know why anyone believes otherwise, but this is not a patriarchy. Um, the, uh, the problem with taking the governmental approach to this, the idea that women should be in full control of the government, the only thing that made it make sense for men to be in control of the government or for only men to vote in the first place was because the way things used to be, women would be at home taking care of children, making clothes, cleaning houses, maybe gardening, tending to the community and people's relationships, tending to elders. These are all things that actually have to be done. They're extraordinarily uh, important jobs. And men are not only naturally prone to doing those jobs, to having that sort of person-to-person -person, uh, empathy and care that's required to do those jobs well and passionately and give them their due importance, generally speaking, because they're out in the world doing other things that maybe women aren't as naturally designed to be doing. And in times before the computer, that stuff was required. Building homes, hunting, working in factories, processing meats, you know, these are the things that keep societies going on the outside while women keep societies going on the inside. And there is a perfect marriage between those things that we now just ignore. It's like we want to reverse the natural order of life up until a couple hundred years ago, because now we have machines and computers. That's insane. And that is what this pitches. The reason that women weren't in government and weren't voting is because their domain was inside. Men's domain was outside. Why would the people inside who don't know anything about dealing with those things outside or what those interactions entail, why would the people inside get to uh, preempt or even weigh in equally to those people on the outside? That doesn't make sense. Now, I'm not saying women's place is on the inside and it shall always be forever that way. That's not what I'm saying. Certainly, there are people that go in both directions. And I'm not saying it's not wonderful when men can be uh, home and taking care of families, taking care of homes, taking care of relatives. It's good that everybody cares about both of those things. But there's also a natural order of those things. And that natural order, by and large, worked for a lot of people. And they look in societies that we call patriarchal. Are they or are they just different than ours are? Ours is a matriarchy. Everything compared to that is a patriarchy. Ours is totally um, dedicated to scientific materialism. Any culture that uh, centers itself around traditional religious beliefs is not going to be like ours are in terms of the roles of men and women. But what in the world are we thinking, imagining that this is the best it has ever been just based on the fact that we are the furthest along in a timeline on, under the myth that before it was terrible for women. Don't buy right. it. Sorry. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, I think as well that that's crystallized in the uh, the most cringe. I mean, it's it's hard to pick, but I think the most cringe scene in this movie is when uh, I, I feel that they break the fourth wall. I mean, there's a couple little jokes where they break the fourth wall, but the America Ferrera rant in the third act before the um, color revolution against Ken, the Kendom is uh, goes hot. She basically goes on a five-minute rampage talking about how she literally starts it by saying, quote, it is literally impossible to be a woman. And then she complains about well, being a woman. Well, it no longer has a definition, so that's actually more literal than yeah. I meant it. It's amazing, right? Even that, if you take it literally, it's like that's because of this kind of ideology that this movie is pitching yes it is impossible it is literally impossible to be a woman under the framework that the woman making that rant in this movie is advancing but just going from the from the narrative that she's advancing there it's also hilarious because there's there's all this sort of taking your power back imagery and i mean just banging you over the head with it the entire movie I am woman, hear me roar, all that kind of crap, right? And yet the most angst-riddled, sort of honest, we're, we're breaking the fourth wall and we're just letting you, we're just, she's just lecturing the audience in that scene right there. She's just telling them, this is why we made this movie. That is Greta Gerwig. That scene is Greta Gerwig marching around the set, yelling at Margot Robbie and yelling at all the actresses that are prettier than her and that she's jealous of and that she probably wants to bone because I think she's a lesbian and yelling at the audience and all the men who never gave her any attention in middle school. And she's freaking out at them. And she she's realized that she's not a talented enough writer to have threaded this into the narrative in a way that makes sense, that has any kind of logical consistency. So she has to stop the presses and just tell you what her intention was. And her intention there is to be the most cliche version of a toxic woman that you could possibly imagine. The most cliche scenario for a woman is to just bitch about stuff that's not actually that bad and to yeah. complain that all of it is because of men and that girls who are prettier than you just make it worse. It's, it's the blue-haired land whale equivalent, a soliloquy, basically, talking about how nobody took you to prom and therefore the game is rigged. That's what that whole rant is. And then the movie enforces all of the things that the woman in that scene is ranting about. Ironically, they'd probably feel a lot better if they just invested in some CDs, like the Kens said, or allowed the Kens to fix their car for them and maybe bone them. <laughs> Man, I mean, all of those contradictions, those are all articles that have been written in the fourth wave feminist blogosphere. They basically took every hot take and threw it into this movie between cultural references. This was done for, um, I don't know, cheap girl power, uh, dopamine hits or something. I can't really totally understand it or wrap my head around it. Um, think about what you want to talk about. Let's take a break. Otherwise, we can do lightning round because I had so many notes on this thing. Um, guys, if you can, <laughs> guys and women, by the way, <laughs> uh, yep. 
please go ahead and hit that thumbs up if you're on Rumble. That helps us get on the leaderboard. That helps new people see uh, the Badlands network. And speaking of Badlands, how about uh, Badlands Shop, everybody? In today's fast-paced world, peace of mind is priceless. That's where Badlands Media steps in. Preparing for life's uncertainties is about being ready for anything right where you are. Welcome to the Badlands Media Shop. We've partnered with Patriot Companies, offering products that empower you to prepare for any eventuality comfortably from your own home. The Badlands Shop has everything you need to secure your peace of mind. Browse the virtual aisles. Prepare your family for the year ahead with products you can trust from companies that share your values. Whether it's growing your own food or prepping long-term storage, protecting your family, or stocking up on emergency supplies, we've got you covered. Get prepared. Visit the Badlands shop at badlandsmedia.tv. I almost had it. Badlandsmedia.tv slash shop today. Every purchase supports a freedom-loving business as well as Badlands Media. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash shop. Thank you for your continued support and for pressing that thumbs up on Rumble. I figured it out if you want to share my screen here. So allegedly, Greta Gerwig is not a lesbian. No, she's married to a filmmaker named Noah Baumbach. How much testosterone do we think is going on in this photograph? Uh, and how from, satisfied from does this woman person? seem? Well, that's a good point. She might have the stronger chin. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, well, one thing that I, I sort of want to bring up here, I sort of hinted at it earlier. Um, in my notes, I had written down the the zoomerification of uh, of modern men. Uh, Ash, uh, Ash and I have talked about this before because I know she has boys. Um, the memes that I saw coming out of this movie that originally piqued my interest, like I said earlier tonight, uh, they largely were dominating the sort of younger, the younger demos, right? A lot of the people who went to see this movie were older. They were, they got, they got hit with that dopamine, you know, the Barbie nostalgia, 90s, all that kind of stuff, just because of the the imagery and all that. So brilliant marketing, like you said, it's a huge IP, so it made a lot of money. Uh, but on the internet, the culture war sort of took over this movie and hashtag Kennergy was actually the most popular uh, hashtag associated with this movie. And it was sort of co-opted by young men, like under 25 men, Zoomer generation uh, boys. And I brought, I brought up Ash because as much as there, there's a lot of doomerism, there's always a lot of doomerism about the next generation, right? Boomers don't like Gen X. Gen X doesn't like millennials. Millennials don't like Zoomers. Gen the next X doesn't one's... give a shit. <laughs> right. They defected completely. Uh, well, you guys are beyond repair. That's why. But each, each generation, you know, you look, at, you look at the one below you and you can just see that generation more clearly because you can see them developing. Uh, but there's a lot of positive signs among Zoomers. And one of them is sort of the emergence of a trad wife trend that's starting to take off where Zoomer girls are actually starting to reject this sort of fourth wave feminism because ironically, the reason that the women in this movie and the women who made it are so miserable is because like you laid out there in that previous rant you just did about, about their conception of the patriarchy, there are things men and women are historically geared toward and our society has been inverted. So now there's women running companies. There's it's there. There women are outside the home. Men are inside the home. They're doing both at the same time. And the reason for that is because of inflation, because of uh, monetary policy, 
Uh, we don't have a society in which most men can support, can literally support a family, even if they're super hardworking and they feel like they've done everything right. So the women have to go out and be hardworking. And they basically have been trapped into what their conception of the patriarchy is. And at the end there, when, when America Ferreira is giving that rant, she uses the term ordinary woman. She says her goal is to be an ordinary woman. And being an ordinary woman is what made her start playing with the Barbie doll and reminiscing about when she thought she could have had an ideal feminine life when she was a kid. So at the end of the movie, she's talking about returning to the, the horrible hellhole of depression that is modern feminism in order to cure herself. So it's, it's, it's a defeatist mentality. And I was going to put a white pill on it is that the fact that all the memes that came out of this, you've got this uh, generation of Zoomer boys that are completely rejecting all this feminist crap. They are much less tolerant, and I say this is a good thing. Zoomer boys are much less tolerant of this kind of crap and of, uh, of sexual subversion, anti-traditionalism, progressivism than millennials are and than Gen X are because they've pushed so hard that... Basically, the Kens in this movie is the lived experience of a lot of millennial and Zoomer boys in terms of their schooling and how their society is treating them. So they're just deciding to completely defect from that whole society. And girls, naturally, as they do, as they start to age, will start to seek those boys out. And as they seek those boys out, they're adopting more traditional views. So the perfect thing about it is that women like Greta Gerwig... They're going to die alone, you know, by hook or by crook. They're going to be miserable. And this kind of subversion can only go so far because it has, it's, it's all wrapped into solipsism. It's wrapped into mortality. It's wrapped into the idea. Uh, it, it's anti-idealism. So it basically can't go anywhere. It's a dead end as an ideology. And I think the movie accidentally shows that to us throughout it. Yeah, it was um, shocking to me. The, uh, the, it's like this movie's not self-conscious. Like this movie lacks self-awareness. It's yeah. like it doesn't understand what it's saying at any point. They literally it needed have, more men to explain it to Greta. Honestly, honestly, I wish that she knew a real man who could explain to her <laughs> what is wrong with her viewpoint on all of this stuff. I mean, communism introduces the idea that everything about being an ordinary woman is a problem, right? Everything yep. is supposed to be this other way. And it would, if those men weren't making your life like this, everything right. you're upset about in your life is a result of the fact that men created this system that you live in. Well, that ain't true. Which of us men created this system? Which men with this mindset created this system? That's not what created this system. What created this system is communists. What created yeah. this system is Prussians. This is a system of domination and intentional inversion. This is a system of collectivism. You create groups and you divide by those groups and you use that to gain power. The entire point is to divide men and women and have them fighting over this stuff. And in the meantime, the actual group seizing power and control takes that power and control. Now, it's portrayed in this movie as just women um, taking that power and control, but that's not what it is. And in order to get these women out of what they consider brainwash, 
in order to get them out, they are uh, manipulating the women, literally physically kidnapping the women from the situation that they seem not to be having a problem with. That is the exact same thing the communist and feminist movements are doing to women right now in real life. Not literally removing them from their homes, although that probably happens too. But this is what the uh, entire intellectual movement is designed to convince women of and to convince society of at large. Because yeah. this stuff also depends on everyone going along with it. Like men yeah. have to eventually be like, all right, baby. Well, you know, if you say that... Huh, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg really is heroic. I, I mean, who am I as a man to tell you that's not true? Absolutely. And that's, that's again, why, uh, why I bring up these Zoomer boys that I've got some hope in, um, you know, being stuck in Xbox shit, shit disturbing lobbies for, for, uh, you know, 10, 20 years is going to do that to you. It's going to only do good things to you is, is my point. It's not a bad thing. Um, and you know, the more, the more that society treats them this way, the more that it rejects men, the more, uh, you know, th this movie tries to comment on the emergence of the trad, the trad Chad trend, you know, the, uh, mm -hmm. the return of masculinity to pop culture, the return, I should say the return of the desire of masculinity in pop culture. They try to poke fun at that with the, with the Casa Dojo house and how stupid all the Kens are and that all they care about is drinking brewski beers with their boys and, uh, you know, hanging out and buying cool cars and, you know, building themselves up. And what's, what's so funny is again, the Zoomer contingent on the internet just took control of that meme and basically threw it in feminist faces and said, yeah, that all looks great. That looks totally fantastic. Just hanging out with your bros, drinking brewski beers, learning about the financial world, talking about history, watching badass movies. And uh, guess what? Guess what happens? Exactly this meme. If you do that and you just build yourself into a desirable, friendly, knowledgeable, charismatic man who's in good shape, trad wives are going to come running at you and if they're not in your current generation right now if all you're dealing with is the blue-haired land whale cont contingent don't worry because when you're 35 the 25 year olds are going to come after you because if this movie is successful and this attempt is successful all the boys 25 year old girls are trying to date are a bunch of beta cucks so they're going to look for actual men the men that greta gerwig says they should not desire and that they do desire instinctually. Just like boys, they don't always have to des desire the stereotypical Barbie, but boys desire women. Your woman can work a job, she can be successful, she can sure. make money, she can have male interests if she wants, but boys like women, women like men like women, women like men. And no amount of subversion is gonna do anything to change that. Yeah, I mean, and, and that is, uh not only do women want those men and men want actual women it is important that those real relationships are established because that is the only way that you can actually form a partnership and that means that in your relationship you dictate what the men's role is and what the women's role is the idea that it is already that, that it is men versus women or men and women as these collective groups that is already mistaken. It is one man and one woman and they work it out. That's how it's supposed to be. And, and there actually are people starting to want that again, which is good. I mean, listen, speaking for myself, I'm 45. I've never been married. 
I fell victim to the same sorts of cultural brainwashing that they would give a man. Like I had GI Joe's that's the male version of Barbies, you know, I guess. Right. They, I mean, sure. They got cool ass weapons and you can, uh, like launch them off things outside and like blow their heads off with BB guns and awesome shit, which you can also do with Barbies. But uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want to like say that men have all the cool right. stuff or anything, but, uh, but yeah, man, like there is a return to that natural order and natural state of things. The only thing that makes that weird is the fact that we have to hear this nonsense from feminists all the time. Yeah. Brad said in the chat, Brad Getz said, being a normal dude these days is the easiest way for Gen Z to get a wife. You could be 40 and fat, yeah. still get a hot wife just by not being a pussy. That, that is absolutely correct these days. It's becoming more and more correct. Um, yeah, I've got, if, if you got anything else, you, you said you had some rapid fire notes. Oh, sure. I definitely can just uh, <laughs> start um, listing things off. Well, it was crazy that all all women are represented as Barbie, but then they still do a spectacular job of tokenizing each and every kind of uh, Barbie. There's a black-skinned Barbie, a light-skinned black Barbie, a trans Barbie, a fat Barbie. Um, was there an Asian Barbie? I didn't see an Asian no Barbie. Asian bar- There's a weird wow. Barbie. They yeah. don't like Asians, communists. It's weird. It's weird, huh? Yeah. What's what's up with yeah. that? Except they've been secondary banning them Ken. from universities and all that too. That's so. true. Secondary Ken was kind of uh he was definitely uh Asian. So they yeah. they want Barbie is everyone, but it's just one of each of them in this right. film, including uh the trans one. Uh it is very, very strange that they had to make um the overweight Barbie the uh, very intellectual lawyer. Yep. And, uh, and as Ash pointed out in the chat too, it's funny that they're glorifying that Barbie, but they, uh, they treat the pregnant Barbie as a pariah. That's disgusting. Like they don't even want to deal with her, right? The people at Mattel treat that Barbie that way. Was there a pregnant Barbie? There was a pregnant Barbie. It's a throwaway line where um, the voiceover, the voiceover voice says, "Oh, and that's Midge, the pregnant Barbie." Oh, Midge. But yes, yes, that's yes. just creepy. Nobody wants, nobody wants a pregnant Barbie. And uh, and then later on, when Will Ferrell is in Barbie Land, he he says he like makes an aside about Midge, where he's like, "Oh, get away from me! It's Midge. I thought we discontinued yes. her." So uh, yeah, but that, all other manner of uh, was there an able was there a disabled Barbie? Because I think we're starting to find some not so progressive trends in this movie. No Asian Barbie, no disabled Barbie that I'm aware of. True. No completely retarded Barbie. For, well, I mean, you could argue all of them were retarded, but yeah, not so. You could argue that uh, quite successfully, in fact. Um, I, we would be remiss not to talk about the fact that uh, within just a couple of minutes after little baby girls taking their baby dolls and smashing their baby doll heads into other baby doll heads, we had a bunch of uh, gay guys in Barbie talking about beaching each other off, which yeah. is obviously supposed to sound like beating each other off, which is just uh, like a minute straight of hand job jokes in a movie about a, li- a, t- a toy for little girls. Yep. 
There's a man. And, there's and, and there's a lot of people. Adults... There was a disabled Barbie. The chat corrected me. There was a wheelchair Barbie. Uh, she was not uh, highlighted prominently, so I still think that we can call shenanigans on that. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple, a uh, couple rants, and I did want to share. Let's see, got oh, yeah, wow, Yeah, else? yeah. No, I mean, um, I could go on. I could honestly talk about this movie for like three days. I did want to uh, deliver a coup de gras to this movie. If you want to share my oh, screen, let me say one more. Let me yeah. let me make one more point before we go. Um, before we get it, well, you have a Barbie point too. So let's just share your screen and then I'll make my point. All right. So th I just thought this was funny. The Oscars are, are coming up very soon. Uh, Ryan Gosling was nominated <laughs> for his role as Ken, uh, Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie were not nominated as Barbie. Now you could argue that this is absolutely hilarious given everything in this movie. I fully support it. The memes are great. Uh, but you could also say, if you want a black pill about it, that this in and of itself is a cultural subversion because, of course, it has spun up the media sphere with all manner of narrative deployments about how uh, nothing has changed despite Barbie doing its damnedest to right all the wrongs with men and women in the modern world. Yeah, it's almost it like funny. the same. It's almost like the same people um, making the movies and publicizing the movies uh are are deciding on who gets those awards or something how did it go wrong <laughs> <laughs> yep. i wonder if they made that oversight on purpose or not right ridiculous yep. it's such um such nonsense so one last question though um they are quite certain that men are the ones who have made this world so awful and if you ask them if they could be any more specific, they would probably say white men, of course, or straight white men or whatever. But one thing I'm quite sure they would never say, they are, they are totally clear about the fact that men control everything. Men own all the media. They own all the big businesses. They control the corporate world. They control the entertainment industry, everything. But you're not allowed to say from the perspective of the people who are blaming it all on men, you are not allowed to say that the Jews own or control any of that or else you get Kanye Wested into the next century. Yep. So it's Funny amazing that, that our biggest piece of uh, cultural content of 2023 can specifically put all the blame for all the problems in the world specifically on uh, white American men and absolutely no one else. Yep. And yeah, in uh, any other sphere of life, you cannot blame uh, particular groups for anything else. And uh, even their AI, as we're seeing with Google Gemini and all the rest of it, uh, their AI is as communist subversive as they are. It, 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 uh, it, who, who pointed out today? Was it Brad that pointed out that if you, if you, if you ask Gemini um, to show you how to change a smoke detector, you get the white guys. <laughs> but if you... But if you ask it anything else, it can't show it. you white men. So that was a funny. ten of ten meme. The Kenifications. White men white men exist solely to serve the matriarchy, but the matriarchy does not exist, we are told. So uh, I can grab some rants here. Ash says when the Kens got all manly, the women were happy until the Baron Slags told them not to be. Best cell phone ever and a realistic look at how things are. Yeah, great point. During the during the Ken surrection and when they had taken everything over, all the women were super happy. <laughs> How's my hungry boys? My hungry. Oh, but that's boys. only because they were brainwashed. Right. 
Yeah, brain, yeah, brainwashed by toxic masculinity. Uh, Mo1959 sends 57 bucks over, says, Off topic, do you all have moderator powers on each other's shows? Appreciate the quick troll hammers, or should I just thank Brad Z? Great show, guys. We Brad do might have, have it. I don't have it anywhere. Oh, I have powers. Brad has I powers. I probably only have powers because I bitched to John about telling me to screenshot everybody that makes me upset every time I do mm. a show. So, um... That's probably why I got him. But that was Brad tonight. So Brad was I here only, with the band hammer. I only send them stuff when there's spam. Wait, is that yeah. all of the... Uh, no, the... I got a few more. Okay. Uh, Skyfall 80, 10 bucks. Very interesting. Great show. I've still not seen the movie because I couldn't bring myself to do it. First time watching Story Hour live. That's okay. A lot of people watch the show without watching the movies. But you should do your homework. G. Henry says, Adam declares in Genesis 223, she shall be called woman... Because she was taken out of man, thus women are subordinate to man, as children are beholden to their predecessors. Well, I didn't say it. G. Henry said it. <laughs> PJW sends 10 over and says, As an L&D nurse for 40 years, I don't know why you guys think pussies are weak. Those things take a beating. <laughs> I know, LOL. You're not allowed to there make are, that um, There are children me. watching this show, but that was less bad than the Barbie movie itself. And then N. Braddy says, uh, voting tonight, my husband was ordered to remove his cap. It was a Trump 2024 cap. He's a U.S. Marine Corps vet. Let's go Brandon hoodie on. And they didn't say anything about that. Well, good. On. Um, all right, cool. Guys, if you uh, want another way to support Badlands, you can head on over to badlandsmedia.tv and uh, click in the top menu. You can find ways to support Badlands. You can become a Badlander. You will also find the Badlands shop up there. And if you want to, you can support Badlands financially directly at badlandsmedia.tv slash boost. Um, what else? I thought I had one other thing. Oh, there was another great comment from the chat. Katie Rose 23 said, women not voting also reinforced the partnership between husband and wife. You know she influenced his vote, but they were one voice. And I absolutely have great appreciation for that perspective. That is actually how these things should work. A couple Take should away die the together. Vote. <laughs> you know what? If, if, <laughs> if we get to a certain point in the awakening, I could imagine women voting to end women's vote. Well, one of the best, uh, before it became a little cringy, one of the best uh, college campus, I forget what channel it was, but they would interview like college campuses. And uh, this was like 10 years ago. They asked all these modern feminists what their views were, if they supported women's suffrage. And um, none of them knew what it was and none of them supported <laughs> it because they thought it was women's suffering. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's a fantastic video if anybody wants How to look that up. How can it be real? How can it be real? <laughs> Um, um what's oh, the movie what damn you know you I, a, if you have I, anything well, else yeah. we can still i have i have a whole list now we got like two minutes left uh. um guys i the storm is coming up next so be sure to um stay tuned for that gosh man i i i'm <sighs> pick pick something pick pick a good one pick a good let's go, uh, last let's little go, item let's go uh with steven spielberg's artificial intelligence Okay. I don't even remember this movie because I saw it a long I, time ago. So 
I have never seen it. I am told that it is well worth um, examining in light of what we are dealing with these days. So uh, I hope that I didn't just make a massive error by choosing a movie that I have not yet watched. Um, Crapshoot, I guess. Uh, Ash did come in under the wire, said they weren't just smashing babies. They were smashing the babies as a premise for accessing Utopia. The film is demonic. And yeah, it... It starts out demonic and then uh, it doesn't it doesn't get less demonic over time. Thank you, Ash, for women explaining that to us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Jeez. <laughs> can't wait till you can't vote anymore, Ash. <laughs> how are you going to do how, how are you going to do uh, why we vote if we get our way? <laughs> <laughs> why don't we vote anymore? <laughs> <laughs> we'll explain to you why you can't. Anymore, Ash. Don't worry about it. All right, so guys. So I hope thank- all the women in the audience now understand what you were supposed to feel while watching Barbie. Um, because yes. This yeah. was the correct take. Yeah. If you felt uh, more aligned with what the Barbie movie seemed designed to do, uh, you're wrong. Um, all right, guys. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much for watching. Uh, we will see you next week uh, to discuss Steven Spielberg's artificial intelligence also known as uh, AI, AI, obviously. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's about it. Burning Bright, do you have anything that you'd like to say? No. Thank you so much for joining us and don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video. And a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support Badlands Media. 